You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Hey, I'm Tamara, and welcome to Many Roads Traveled, the travel podcast that takes you all around the world on my overland trips that I've been doing over the last 30 years to 76 countries. So if you love travel and adventure, please subscribe. And of course, at the end of each episode, there is Tam's Top Tips, which is my up-to-date travel tips for that area. Okay, so buckle up, buttercup, and let's hit the road. Alrighty, I am back after an extended unintentional break. <laughs> so welcome to episode 72, which is episode three in series three. Okay, so yeah, apologies yet again. It's so annoying because I recorded this episode last week twice because the first time I did about two minutes, then hit pause and then picked it up and realized it didn't record after half an hour. Awesome. So then I re-recorded, but I forgot to put the settings to the proper microphone, so it sounded like crap. So this is hopefully third time lucky. <laughs> okay, so in this episode, we are going to Chef Chouan in Morocco, which happened to be one of my, well, maybe my favorite place in Morocco. Unfortunately, I was only there for a day. <laughs> Uh, but it's known as the Blue Pearl of Morocco. And then we're also going to Fez, which is also an old city renowned for one of the biggest medinas or markets in the world. I think it actually is the world's biggest urban center with no cars. If you're looking for travel insurance, booking your hotels, excursions, tour guides, anything really related to travel and you'd like to help support the podcast as well as get free lifetime access to my affiliate marketing training course, then head on over to manyroadstravel.com forward slash podcast, two L's in traveled. And you'll also be supporting the podcast through my affiliate links. So you buy something through those links, I'll get a small commission and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So thanks again for listening. Now let's back to the show. So pick it up where we left off the last episode. So I'm in Tangiers and I'm heading off to Chef Chouan. Thought I'd planned enough time to have breakfast, but of course I didn't. So luckily the owner of the hostel I was staying at he had a spare pain au chocolat and some mint tea. So I had that while well, he called for a taxi to take me to the bus station. Happened to be the same older gent who picked me up from the airport. So he carried my bag to the taxi and then we headed to the bus station. Though I was in a bit of a panic because he was driving so slow. I was like, uh, my bus leaves like in 15 minutes. <laughs> He's like, no problem, no problem. Anyways, yeah, we got there with like five minutes to spare. So got on the bus, got two seats to myself, which is very nice. And it's only about a two hour drive to uh, Chef Chouan from Tangier. And it, you go through the Rift Mountains. I love mountains, so that was nice to be back in the mountains. Although it is kind of, you know, it's pretty much kind of sandy beige color with like splashes of green with either farmland or trees or whatever, right? But two hours that's cool it cost me i think it was like five dollars for the bus ticket and then got to chef shawan got a taxi 
to where, well, near where I was staying. Because, of course, like Tangier, I booked a place in the old city, right? Well, not realizing that the old cities just usually are just alleyways with a lot of stairs and no cars, which normally would be fine. But when you have a really bad knee and are walking with a cane and a knee brace, <laughs> not ideal. The touch driver pointed me in the direction of where I was staying. Got there without incident. But yeah, like I said, hills and stairs everywhere. The Moroccan people are so nice. Like the local people, when I did come to <laughs> very steep hills or a lot of stairs, people just offered me their arm to help me like up the stairs and then would leave with a smile, like not trying to sell anything or whatever. So that was really nice. And in my older age, I've realized you just accept help. When I was like in my 20s, I'd be like, I'm fine. <laughs> very, very nice. So got to my place, which is called Aemin uh, Hostel. And it was $15 a night. The owner there, absolute gent, actually very cute guy, showed me to my room. So I was only luckily up one flight of stairs for a change. Room was nice, super clean, really big. My own attached bathroom. Settled in, threw my bag down and then went up to the rooftop because well, that's what kind of sold me to, on this place. And the rooftop is, oh my, the views are amazing. So Chef Shawan is, or I'll just might call it Chef for short. <laughs> that's what the locals call it. It is so cute. Like it is a small town, but a lot of the buildings and houses are painted these bright blues or white. So it's amazing. And then there's murals and on lots of alleyways and stuff like that. And there's loads of trees and flowers through the alleyways. It is such a pretty town. And the vibe was so chilled. Like I loved it. It reminded me of where I, I used to live in, in India, a little place on the beach. Like just the vibe is super chilled, which is my thing. So I, I loved it. So I had a cup of tea with the owner and the rooftop is kind of like a U shape. So the little tables and chairs up there and then took in the views and they're you know, right in the mountains. Beautiful. So after my tea, I decided to hit the town and go for some lunch since I'd only had my pain au chocolat. And it was about two in the afternoon something like that hobbled my way through the streets with my cane and found or like a little restaurant which had a really awesome outdoor seating place which is great because it's right in the middle of kind of the medina which is kind of like the market area so great for people watching and there's lots of like pink flowers and you know plants and everything like that so it was really sweet Decided I have to try, you know, couscous at least once. <laughs> so I got chicken couscous. And also in Morocco, like there's freshly squeezed orange juice stalls or in restaurants everywhere. So if you like OJ, definitely try those out. They're usually about a dollar for a big glass of it. And then with my couscous and a bottle of water, it came to about $9 in total. And then I was still on lookout for a pair of thin trousers. Because I realized I had brought a couple pairs of shorts and a couple pairs of trousers, but one I didn't really like. So when I was sitting at a lunch, I spotted um, a little shop that, that that was selling, like, you know, thin cotton trousers. So found a pair, bargained him down to get them for seven bucks. Perfect. And then, you know, walked a bit through the market again and then just kind of headed back to the hostel and took loads of photos and videos along the way. Yeah, I literally fell in love with Chef Schwan. So 
highly recommend it. I mean, you can even do day trips from Tangier to Chef for the day. So, And then once I got back to the hostel, of course, went back up to the rooftop. And it was just kind of catching up on my journal. And then a local guy sat at the table next to me. And, you know, he started rolling up some Moroccan hash <laughs> joints. <laughs> and then he's like, do you smoke? I was like, yeah. He goes, oh. Here you go. So he just gave me, you know, my own joint, which is very nice. That's like twice in three days I've been given some free dope. Always good. And always grateful for that. And then we just started talking and he was actually a local guy. I think he's from Casablanca or Marrakesh. And he's like, yeah, I just came to Chef Tron for like a weekend, but I've now been here for two weeks <laughs> i'm planning to stay another week i was like yeah i can get that this is a place you know you just lose time in those places and that is what chef is and then later on the owner came out and because morocco was playing i don't know if it was a world cup qualifier or something but a big football match so they had their laptop outside so i joined them to watch the game and then they won so everyone was excited <laughs> of course i was cheering for them and then the guy, yeah, he just gave me a big chunk of hash. He's like, here you go. Enjoy the rest of your time in Morocco. I'm like, nice. Thank you. Kind of hit the hay around midnight or so. And then the next morning, I had breakfast at the hostel. And it was like a nice spread, eggs, toast, some fruit, tea, big mug of tea. And it was three bucks. Perfect. And then got the owner to call me a taxi to take me to the bus because I was off to Fez. So we did all that, got to the bus station, again, got two seats to myself, which was nice. And then from Chef Chouan to Fez, it's four hours, and that was $9 for a bus ticket. And when I left Chef Chouan, it was maybe, it was maybe like 28, 29 Celsius. Well, when I stepped off the bus in Fez, <laughs> I thought I'd stepped into a sauna. It was like 40 plus Celsius. I was just like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> Managed to get a taxi to take me to my palace yes that's right I said palace he did and along the way he was like oh are you gonna book a, a tour to you know see the sights of Fez and then gave me the spiel and he's like okay yeah we take you to the world's oldest university we take you to the oldest tannery in the world we take you you know all throughout the Medina and then finish it from a viewpoint where you see, you look down at Fez around sunset. I'm like, okay, how much is that? He's like 30 bucks. I said, okay, like, but the thing is I cannot walk much because of my knee. So I need a car, you know? And he's like, oh yeah, no problem, no problem. So I'm like, okay, fine. So we set a time, I think it's 10 in the morning. The next day I would be doing this little tour. And then we get to my 19th century palace where I'm staying for two nights, OMG. Met by the manager, lovely guy. And then luckily again, it was only up about two flights of stairs. <laughs> That's my room. So he takes me up there and oh my gosh. Yeah, like it really hasn't changed much since the 19th century. So it's like the 1800s. And it's just massive. So you, like my room is overlooking the courtyard. There's like a long balcony, you know, that extends. I don't know. The, court, the, the palace is like a few hundred meters long. Like it's long. <laughs> And then you look down this courtyard, it's beautiful. There's a fountain in there. There's all the, you know, blue and white mosaics and plants in there. And then he opens up the door to my room. Oh my gosh, there's like an apartment, really. So you walk in and there is like a really big front room. 
and it's kind of split in half like it's still all open but so there's like a queen size bed at the one end and then there's a table with four chairs around it and then there's like a long couch and then on the one side is like a nice big clean bathroom and then when you go the other way and go past like the, the bed that's in the main room well there's a door and there's another huge bedroom with another queen size bed in there and there's Moroccan rugs and there's stained glass windows. I was like, what? <laughs> this is incredible. So I gave myself, which, you know, is pretty cheesy, but it was very appropriate. The nickname Queen of Sheba, because that's what I felt like. And guess what? It was only $20 a night. Well, 20 euros. I was like, this can't be right. This is so awesome. And I noticed there is like fancy air conditioning unit in there. Like I said, it's in the 40s Celsius, so pretty hot. So yeah, happy days. And then I asked him if I could, if they could bring me a little table and chairs outside so I could sit out in the courtyard. He's like, yeah, no problem, which they did about an hour later. But I did notice the AC really wasn't working. I mean, it was one that had the remote control. So I was trying to turn it up because it was literally like a slightly cool whisper of air coming out <laughs> like okay i need this to be sorted because i don't know i'm gonna sleep in 40 degree heat so i mentioned it to him and he's like okay and then he said oh do you want to have dinner at the palace so i'm like uh yeah i am the queen of sheba for the next couple of days <laughs> he's like okay that's cool you know i'll send a girl up to come and get you would you like to sit outside your room or do you want to sit at the courtyard I'm like I can sit in the courtyard of course so did that kind of got settled in had a shower and then just kind of sat outside for a bit had a smoke again just catch up my journal things like that six o'clock rolled around a sweet young girl came and got me and then we went down to the courtyard and there's just like a big wooden table and my meal's there and it's massive oh my gosh so it's just like pretty much a half a chicken because <laughs> it was chicken tangine big plate of olives and bread and salad and there's potatoes and beans so it was delicious and i had a skinny mama cat and her two very cute little kittens join me for dinner so of course gave them some chicken which they were very happy about <laughs> Yeah, it was just so nice. Like, I just was kept going, what is going on, man? <laughs> and then just, yeah, kind of had an early night because I had the guide coming at 10 in the morning. I did request to have breakfast in the morning before I went. And then, yeah, just kind of chilled out in my palatial apartment. I probably did some Netflix, you know, the usual, and then hit the hay. So next day, went down for breakfast. Again, nice spread, eggs bread massive platter of fruit <laughs> all sorts of fruit like a really big pot of tea and then they come and tell me that my guide's here to pick me up i'm like okay cool obviously it takes a little while just to get out of the palace so i meet my guide who is called mohammed he's an older gent i'd say probably late 60s early 70s but he's wearing like this white lab coat which i found bizarre so i don't know if he was a doctor <laughs> or something i don't know Anyways, he was very lovely, spoke good English, and he's like, okay, let's go. We were outside the palace, and then they're like, we're still kind of in the palace grounds, and he starts taking me, and it's like this 45-degree slope for ages, 
down there. And I'm like, okay, this is really difficult for me because of my knee. I was like, are we going to the car? He's like, oh, no, we don't have a car because everything we see is in the Medina. I was like, what? <laughs> That's not what I agreed. I said, I, I, I can't walk much. You know, I'm in a lot of pain. And he's like, well, that's the only way we can see the stuff because it's all in Medina. Medina is, like I said, it's this humongous covered market, basically. So it's just little alleyways just full of stalls. But that is where the university and the tannery and all the stuff you see is in Medina. I'm like, oh, my God. And it's 42 degrees today. Heat. Must have walked about 30, 35 minutes to we actually got to the Medina. And I was like... I can't do this. Like, this is ridiculous. Then we actually get into the Medina, of course, stairs. Maybe 10 minutes I'm walking, 10, 15 minutes I'm walking. I'm like, okay, I can't do it. Like, my leg's killing me. I'm almost in tears. Like, that's how bad it was. And we go to a stall and, you know, the guy that owned the little stall, he gave me a stool to sit on. And I just said to, the, to Muhammad, I'm like, listen, I physically can't do this anymore. He's like, okay, well, what happens if I get you a donkey? what <laughs> he's like yeah you can ride the donkey around the medina i'm like okay i know i am the queen of sheba but for comedy reasons i was tempted but i was like i can't ride a donkey because my knee hurts so bad like i can't hold on to the you know with my legs and he's like okay what happens if i can get you a cart and i'm like well all right fine if this doesn't work i just want to go home like forget it kind of thing right so I wait for, you know, five, 10 minutes. In the meantime, the, the stall owner, it was actually like honey products that he makes. So he gave me like this honey sweet, which was really good. And so I'm waiting for Mohammed to come back. He comes back with this skinny guy. I mean, he muscles, but skinny, right? He probably weighed 50 pounds less than me, I would say. <laughs> with this cart. Well, the cart is literally wood slaps on two wheels. So it tips forward. And it's for produce, right? But the thing is, standing, it's about four and a half feet tall, let's say. And I was like, well, I can't get in it. Like, I can't step into it because of my knee. And, and there's like this tiny stool, like maybe a foot high stool in there. So they bring the stool out. They're like, you sit on the stool and we'll just lift you on the stool into the cart. I'm like, okay, if you can do it, let's, we'll do it. <laughs> well, they did do it, surprisingly. And I'm like, oh my God. So there's enough room for my legs to stretch out in the cart. But I could not stop laughing. And I'm like, yeah, I really am the Queen of Sheba for sure now. Because I didn't see anyone else being transported this way, obviously, the whole day. And the locals found it hilarious. Uh, almost as funny as I did, really. So I was literally chuckling the whole time. Of course, there's like a few stairs here and there in the Medina and... Whenever that happened, local guys would just come over and help. So sometimes I'd have like six guys, like just lifting the cart up and down these stairs. Oh my God, it was hilarious. And I was still on the hunt for some sunglasses because I left my Ray-Bans in England stupidly at my friend's house. Well, you know, I'm doing this 10 day trip to Morocco while I'm staying in England. And, you know, Morocco's sunny. So I'm like, okay, 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, going through Medina. And Medina is awesome. Like, it's just full of people and noise and, and things to see and smells and anything you can imagine is for sale there, okay? <laughs> At the corner of my eye, I, I catch, like, display of sunglasses. So I'm like, stop! And so he does. and like, kind of rolls me back. And they're Ray-Bans, too. I'm like, okay, sweet. This is my preferred. 
sunglasses. So I'm still in the car, and then this, the owner of the shop pointing out sunglasses. He's pointing them out to me with a mirror. And of course, the, the two guys are like voting on which ones they like the best as well. I picked the ones I liked, and I was like, well, how much? And I think he said like $75 to start off with. I'm like, what? No. So anyways, I got them for 40 bucks with a case. I'm like, perfect. And they are authentic Ray-Bans. I've checked with my my authentic Ray-Bans, and they're, they got the same kind of stamp and everything like that. So I'm like, sweet. Check, got my shades. So off we go, our way to the tannery. So this is like the oldest tannery in the world. I think it's like, I don't know, a thousand years old or older. So I had to get out of the cart there. I'm like, how am I going to get the hell out of this cart? Basically, what they would do is just lift me kind of under my arms and lift me out of the cart. It, honestly, so funny. And then there's you got to go down some stairs into sales room, really, was what it is. But it's like a big store full of leather products. It's amazing. Like any color and anything you can make out of leather is in this store. It was awesome. Again, on my checklist, I wanted to get a black leather belt and a wallet. So, you know, they bring me a chair over, you know, a cup of mint tea. But I couldn't get up to the rooftop to look down on the actual tannery because I guess it's really narrow, steep, spiral staircase to get up there. So I sent Mohammed with my camera to take some photos and videos for me so I could see what it looked like, which worked. Well, I was learning all about leather products. And here's a little thing I didn't know, fun-filled fact, that you can't actually burn real leather. And he proved it to me. He took like a leather poof thing, footstool, and he had his lighter and he's, he was just, yeah, holding it right up to the leather and it didn't burn. I'm like, wow, that is interesting. And then I, I saw this one leather backpack, like, you know, like kind of like a handbag leather backpack. And I was like, oh, well, maybe because he'd show me the belt. I picked out the belt, I picked out a wallet and he won 30 bucks for the belt, 15 for the wallet. And then he kept bringing me out all these different colors and different styles of leather backpacks. And then finally, there was one that I was like, oh, I, actually, I love that. It is so nice. I use it every day. <laughs> but he wanted $250, I think, just for the backpack. I'm like, no, not a chance. <laughs> and then the owner of the shop, he was kind of sitting at his desk kind of behind me, like older gent dressed up the white local gear and long white beard, twinkle in his eye. That So the, you know, the, the guy that worked there, who I was talking to, he said, okay, well, the owner is willing to accept, you know, what is your offer for all three, uh, you know, the, the bag, the belt and the wallet. And I was like, well, $150, because really it would be about close to 300. I know the spiel and the owner's like laughing, like, no way, no way. And then I was like, okay, well, fine. I'll just take the belt in the wallet for $30 because he wanted 45 for that. A bit of back and forth. And then he finally accepted my $150, which I was like, sweet. Because this bag is, would be probably 300 bucks at least here. So I was happy. Kind of left the tannery with all my, I got my shade, like everything I wanted, I got, which I was happy for. And I thought very good price. Especially my Ray-Bans. I mean, I paid $200 for my last Ray-Ban, so 40 bucks, brilliant. And I was like, okay, I'm tapped out from shopping today. We figured out how to get me into the cart easier is basically just tipping it forward, and then I, can, I could step in that way because it was only a couple of feet high. Yeah, we went to see the world's oldest university, which is now a mosque, but you can actually walk into the courtyard 
even well not walk i got carted through the courtyard <laughs> and again it's pretty awesome just what you can you can't see a lot but you know it's just it's cool to have seen it what i could of it and then i said to him to her mom and i'm like okay so how are we going to get to this viewpoint if we don't have a car ignored me really <laughs> to be honest you know went through bits and bobs more of the the medina and you know we've been together about i think at least three hours so let's just i'm tired let's go so we get find an entrance and you know my guy that's pushing the cart because mohammed had told me oh, it'll be five dollars extra for the cart because i agreed to three dollars for the tour right and i'm like okay fine but my cart guy, oh my God, he's so sweet. They literally, because there is, you know, about 15 stairs to get out of the Medina to the road. And I was like, well, I can get out and walk up those steps. They're like, no, no, no. Like, so him and my old guy are like literally carrying me in the cart. I think, again, we had locals help up these steps. And then the cart guy just insists that he is just going to drive me around in my Queen of Sheba car or push me around, I should say. Like down the roads of Fez <laughs> to get to the palace. I'm like, oh my God, he's sweating buckets. Because in the Medina, it was actually cooler because it's all covered. You know, still like 30 or something. But outside, we're like 42. He's sweating buckets. I'm like, are you sure? Like, I can get a taxi or something back or whatever. Like, no, 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 no. Insisted, right? So they literally got me to very, very close to the entrance of the palace. Gave him double. They gave him 10 bucks. It should have been the other way around. He should have got the 30 bucks. My guy should have got 10, to be honest, because the amount of work he did. But anyways, everyone was happy. Went back to the courtyard, and then I had booked dinner for that night. Again, a little rookie mistake. I forgot to ask how much the meals were at the palace before. I just got too excited about being the Queen of Sheba before I ate them. <laughs> so after my dinner, the second night, which was the same meal, just slightly variations on the um, sides kind of thing still delicious and I had the kittens join me again so that was nice and they're like oh it's $15 for dinner and $7 for breakfast which is cheap obviously especially when you're sitting in a 19th century palace courtyard but it was twice the price almost that I've been paying so I was like okay well that's fine and then I said what about my AC because I literally hardly slept at all that night I just woke up the bed was soaked like that's how much sweating I did so they'd send an AC repair person around which did not fix it at all so I just said can I just please have a fan just bring me a fan I've only got you know I had two nights there so they brought me this big powerful fan and then I decided to sleep in the second bedroom because I thought maybe it was a little bit cooler and I did actually get some sleep so it was all right and the next morning it, I was getting the train to Casablanca but We'll hear about all that in the next episode. So that's why it's important you subscribe so you don't miss an episode along the way. But of course, before we go. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. So tip number one is, as I said earlier, you can do a day trip from Tangier because it's only two hours to Chef Chouan. But honestly, if you have time, I would stay at least a couple days in Chef Chouan because you can do hiking and there's little markets there. and it, But just to chill out, especially if you're traveling for quite a while, you need places to chill out, and that would be a great one. And I, don't, I would also recommend the Aiming Our Hostel as well for 15 bucks a night because it was lovely. And then tip number two is shopping. When you're at markets, not in malls, but when you're in markets anywhere in Morocco, well, really anywhere in Africa, 
or Asia. But bargaining is part, like haggling is part of their custom, okay? It's not rude. It's not insulting, all right? And it's fun. If you do it the right way, it's a lot of fun, okay? So I would say the price that they suggest to you, I would go at least, at least half of what they say, okay? And then just stick to it. Like you can, I've done it many times. I go, well, if that's not good for you, that's fine. And you walk away. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> nine times out of 10, they're going to call you back and go, okay, okay, okay. And then once you go back, they might try and get another couple bucks out of you. But again, stick your ground. And that's another thing. I always say, have the price in your head you're happy to pay. And then you can either even go a little bit lower and then just stick to the price you're happy to pay because they're still making a profit, okay? And they actually respect you more than dumb tourists who just pay the first prize and they're paying four times the price that they should or whatever. <laughs> but that's just my tip on bargaining or haggling. And just one final reminder for your travel insurance, for your booking hotels, tour guides, all that jazz, including my free affiliate marketing training course, head on over to manyroadstraveled.com forward slash podcast. And thank you for supporting the show and listening. All right, now it's time to get back into it. Cheers. Okay, and now tip number three is I would book a guide. And I rarely ever book guides. And if I could walk, I don't know if I would have for Tangier or Fez. Well, Tangier, I kind of needed a car, so that was all right. But um, Fez, I would say book a guide because you probably get a guide for, I mean, I paid 30 bucks, right? And like I said, we've probably spent about four hours together at least. But Fez, you'll just get lost. <laughs> the Medina is so big that, yeah, you won't be able to find the things you want to find, right? And he, you know, he Muhammad was giving me bits and bobs of history along the way and pointing out things and stuff like that. So I, I did learn some stuff. So you're also helping local economy as well, right? But if not, because there's not a lot of signs. And signs that are there are either in French or Moroccan. I didn't really see many in English at all. Forget about like Google Maps. <laughs> Not going to help you there. <laughs> I think it's worth it to book a guide. And wherever you're staying, we'll be able to help sort you out for that. Or like me, your taxi driver. Okay. And then for solo female travelers, I would say, yeah, dress moderately. I felt much more comfortable like in a t-shirt and just long thin trousers. Or if you wear skirts, like a long skirt. On beachy places, shorts and vests or tank tops were fine. But in the cities, I would cover my shoulders and I would wear long trousers or a skirt. And it's just showing respect. You'll you'll get more respect back too, right? Because I'd heard lots of horror stories about Morocco and about harassment and stuff like that. I didn't go to Marrakesh, but I did not have any of that. Maybe it is because I'm in my 50s now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's mutual respect, right? Okay, so I think that is about it for this episode. It is a longer one. I kind of packed two in one. So head on over to manyroadstravel.com for more info. And we'll see you next time when we go to Casablanca and Agadir, Morocco to finish up my 10-day trip in Morocco. All right, so until then, safe travels one day at a time.